0: Once Amlan and I got married, I could finally stop hiding and meeting him. I didn't have to make up any excuses for why I was going to stay late in college. I didn't have to hide my relationship from the world. We went to Srinagar with his friends and came back very, very happy. Another good thing that came out of this marriage was that the Punjabi gang finally stopped bothering us. Amlan and I could now walk down the street hand in hand if we wanted and we could eat at all my favorite places in WEA. The two of us shifted to a small rented flat in Rajendranagar. Amlan had just graduated from IIT and was still looking for a job. We didn't have much but I was still quite tickled because I was finally on my own. My relationship with my mother wasn't pleasant during that time because she felt I should stay home for a few more years and move in with Amlan only when he got a good job and settled down. I was often very rude to my mother and said some very hurtful things. But I didn't dwell on my guilt for too long because marriage, I thought, was my ticket to a new life and unlimited freedom. I graduated with flying colors, thoroughly and completely in love with Sanskrit. I was finally free to apply to Delhi University for MA. Every morning, I took the U special bus that dropped me off right outside B school, Delhi School of Economics. My MA Sanskrit classmates weren't very fond of me initially because I was what they considered modern. A girl who wore... Fashionable clothes, including backless blouses and watched English films. I also didn't get along with them because we didn't have much in common. The Sanskrit students were called Bodhiwalas, a traditional pandit with a shaved head except for a small patch at the back. So instead of hanging around our department's canteen, I spent more time in the d-school canteen where I found more like-minded peoples. Initially, they too had preconceived notions about me for being a Sanskrit student and would joke about my accent or my clothes. On days, I decided to wear a sari. Imagine the irony. But nobody was cruel or discriminatory. In time, when they realized that we all had much in common and were on the same intellectual wavelength, they took me into their fold. This didn't go down well with my Sanskrit classmates who called me shameless because I had male friends and sometimes, not often, I skipped classes to sit in the economics department canteen, having debates or playing matchbox, a game where players were challenged to flip a matchbox into the empty glass. But once my classmates realized that I wasn't a floozy, but a very passionate student who loved Sanskrit, they stopped judging me too much. When I received top marks in the first year, they dropped all their inhibitions and started trying to befriend me so they could ask for my notes. The passion I felt for Sanskrit is something that still surprises people because I could have picked any subject, politics, Hindi, English. But there was something about this language that brought me immense joy. I especially loved the text of Kalidasa. My favorite text was a poem called Megduth, a deep, romantic poem about a demon who is banished by a king into exile. From his hidden abode in the mountains, he calls upon a cloud to send messages of love and longing to his beloved. A part of this poem has stayed with me. It's where the cloud asks the demon, How will I recognize your beloved? And the demon replies, Look for the woman who has tears in her eyes. She won't see you because her eyes would be blurry with tears and her wrist would be so thin from starving that her bangles would be dangling from them. The root that Kalidasa had chalked up in this poem quite fascinatingly still exists in the world today. Our teacher professed and we shied as we heard these words. It doesn't sound like much when you read this in English. It sounds beautiful in Sanskrit. My professor was a bit of a rock star among the Sanskrit crowd because he could recite Meghdoot from memory. He had a really good voice and his eyes would glaze over as he stared out the window. As young, giddy girls, how we wished it were us, he was thinking about when he recited the poem. Along with my studies, I also kept doing theatres and soon started to branch out and try my luck in theatre companies in Delhi, both amateur and professional. At some point, I realised how much I loved the stage and started dreaming of becoming a theatre actor. Unfortunately, at home, Amlan viewed things differently. Given the times and our upbringing, I think he had always assumed that I would eventually settle down and focus on our family. But I had become a bit too ambitious and didn't see myself ever being a regular housewife. I wanted more from life. And the more theatre I did, the clearer my path became. During this short time, Amlan and I were married. We never quarrelled much, not about our daily lives, the way our house was run, or about my studies and career. We were both very, very young when we dove into marriage. But to this day, I don't have a harsh thing to say about him. But it soon became apparent that we both wanted different things from life. He wanted someone who could be a solid homemaker. I was a dreamer, a hard worker, who saw herself basking in the validation that came from a standing ovation. Within a year of our marriage, we mutually and amicably decided to part ways and pursue our own destinies. Amlan finally got a good job and moved away. I moved back home with my mother, to whom I apologized profusely. His uncle, who lived in WEA, was a lawyer and helped us out with the proceedings. Amlan and I were sitting in the court waiting for our case to be called. But it was taking some time. I was thirsty, so Amlan offered to go get me a Coca-Cola. A woman next to me observed how we interacted with each other in an easy, comfortable manner. You both are so young. What's wrong? Why are you here? We are just here to finalize our divorce, I replied. Divorce? She practically screamed. Why? You both seem so nice and comfortable with each other. He even went out to buy you a coke. My husband wouldn't care even if I were dying of thirst. How can you think of divorce? We both laughed at this. She was right though. Amlan was a wonderful man. But we don't want the same things anymore. So we might as well go our separate ways before it's too late, I said. And just like that, we parted ways as a couple and started our lives afresh. I started my M.Phil in Sanskrit at Delhi University and decided to do my thesis in stage techniques in Sanskrit drama, theory and practice. After this, I really wanted to pursue my PhD in Sanskrit, but the guide who was assigned to me didn't agree with my approach to the subject. He wanted me to take a more theoretical approach. But I wanted to get my information firsthand, not just from text and research in the library, because I was really excited about bringing together my two passions, Sanskrit and the stage. But my PhD didn't pan out because of our constant differences in opinions, and I left midway. It was very disappointing to get that far in Sanskrit and still not earn a doctorate. But I think whatever happens, happens for the best. Because had I finished my PhD with nowhere further to go, I would have probably been working as a school teacher or a college professor today. Instead, this decision opened up new opportunities for me in stage and acting with all parts leading to the National School of Drama.